So it did happen with we had uh, Kevin Potter on, and uh, I think the first twenty minutes we had to redo. <laughs> it was all throwaway stuff. Yeah, anyway. it was just like a dry run. I thought it was some of the best we've done. <laughs> It'll never. It's lost. It'll now. never see the light of day. No. It's too bad. All right, Shane, we ready? Yeah, we're ready. All right, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode in Cutting Weight. I'm your host, Mike Stahl. Shane McNone is here. Jim Ayers is here. I'd like to congratulate our uh, formerly known as the marketing director, Tony Brunetti, on his promotion to assistant to the senior vice president of marketing. <laughs> and I don't, we, we haven't named that individual yet. Um, we're still who, who, who he's assisting? We haven't yeah, named we, yet. No, but he, when we do... I don't know. I might take the job and just assume the salary. Well, for, for what Tony's put in so far, I think that, yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah, so far. But congratulations, Tony. Thanks yeah, for coming. Way to go. Uh, we are coming to you uh, from Jim Ayers' basement today because we've got a special guest uh, that's here in the uh, Kirtland area, so it made it pretty accessible. We've got a beer here that we're going to drink in his honor. Uh, Jim, would you like to talk about the beer and the guest here as we get started? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, today we got someone that I've you know got to know a little bit over the last couple of years since I moved back to Kirtland. Um, he hails from a town probably about an hour, fifteen, hour and twenty from here, two hours. Uh, Oil City, Pennsylvania, in Western PA. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> Oil uh, City you know, next to uh, back in the char- <laughs> back in the mid eighteen hundreds. They probably was an oil rush there. I think yeah. there was, you know, and then oh, for sure that dried up at some point, and then it. Kind of some of those probably. cities like uh, Coal Smoke, Virginia. <laughs> right, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Like you drive down all, all kinds of like you know places in Western PA, West Virginia, oh that gosh, were like boom yeah. towns 150 years ago. Now, you know things have up and left. Yeah. Some of them, Youngstown, Ohio, for example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, he, he's come. He's from Oil City, Pennsylvania. He currently is a teacher and a coach at uh, Kirtland High School here, where we live. He's the football coach. He's the Girls flag football coach, coaches lacrosse, I believe, um, dabbles in some track from what I've been told. So he, he wears many hats as well as teaching math. He's actually my son's math teacher right now. He's had a pretty respectable football record from his coaching mm. coaching time. Yeah. He's won uh, six state championships. He's has, I think, four runner-up finishes. Uh, last year they extended a 55-game winning streak, which uh, at that time I think it was the longest – in the country currently and the second longest in Ohio history. Um, I, I just heard some stats about him earlier this week or maybe the week before. His winning percentage in his career so far is 917 winning percentage. That is the highest winning percentage among active coaches in America, and it's actually the third highest football winning percentage in the United States of all, for all time for football coaches, which is like, I mean, that's a different stratosphere that, um, you know, a different level of coaching and success. So, without further ado, today our guest is Tiger Laverde. Tiger, thanks for coming. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad you could make it. And uh, in his honor, before we get into more about Tiger, uh, I did, you know, find a beer today at the. I went down to Red White Wine and Brew in Chesterland. We got to stop giving them free plugs. Yeah, they should start sponsoring us. I think for the amount of beer we buy there, just give us a shirt, <laughs> free or <cigar>. anything, <laughs> or five cents on the return bottles or something. Yeah, you know, like exactly. Michigan or, deposit, but or them to stop telling me, put some pants on and get out of our store. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was one time, Mike. At any rate, I did find a beer. It's from I think Shane. I didn't know where there was, this was from, but I saw the label and I, we had to get it. It's called Tiger Beer. Shane's from Singapore? Yeah, it's from Singapore. So I, I actually went to Singapore once for work and uh, drank, drank a lot there. It's the only beer, I think, at least at the time when I went, it was brewed in Singapore. It's and world acclaimed according to the, uh, the label, so you know it's got to be good. I, I had it in China also, if that matters at all. So, it's a, yeah, it's just a light-bodied lager, um, 5% alcohol. I would, you know... I would never drink this if it wasn't for the name Tiger on it and I bought it for today because this isn't my cup of tea. But you know what? It's a cool bottle. There's an actual Tiger on it. So in honor of you, Tiger, we got you some uh, Tiger beer today to, to sample, and uh, we'll go from there. What I figured this would taste like is like 
uh, Sapporo or Ichiban, like what you'd normally get at a uh, like a Benihana at a or a Chinese restaurant, right? Or exactly. Yeah. And I'd say it's a step up from either one of those. I'd say it's uh, it's slightly above the average. You know, it's like the Labatt's um, Blue of of, of Asian beers <laughs> or Singapore. Yeah. I guess I should say. <laughs> Do you get caned when you buy this in Singapore, Shane? Um, you should for how much it costs <laughs> when you're in Singapore. If you ever been there, it's like it's super super expensive. Um, place like I was telling Jim before the podcast started that the time I went there, you know, I drank some I drank some Tiger. I was in like a gas station or something grabbing some snack, and a six pack was like basically like twenty dollars for a six pack of it. I came back, was in Madison, Ohio, saw it at the store there, and it was like eight ninety nine. Like, how does that make sense? Like, it's made in Singapore. Like, 4,000 miles away, you can get it for a third of the cost. <laughs> Yikes. So, anyway, Tiger, we're glad you're here today. Um, we wanted to get a chance to first congratulate you on all your success and accolades. And I know from, from knowing you a little bit, you know, you're a very humble guy, so you're not the kind of guy that's going to go around talking about that. But I definitely wanted to recognize you for what you've done. And uh, that's, you know, like I said, it's just an unbelievable accomplishment i he, know he did just walk in with six giant rings on his fingers <laughs> right maybe not as humble I mean, as i, I yeah, thought I, I thought that was overkill but you know whatever and then he made me kiss him <laughs> before before he would shake my hand <laughs> that's normal in curl no mike to have to do that that's that's a normal thing Tiger, Tiger, what, what, made you do that <laughs> yeah what well, so what what's it like uh, living the Friday night's life here in Northeast Ohio. I mean, to have uh, the kind of success you've had and to, uh, I, I mean, I guess there, there's probably jobs you've had to pass up in order to stay in this role in, the, in this city and um, as close to the church of life as possible. Uh, what, you know, what, what's it like being a, a, a small town hero here? Celebrity. <laughs> it's never been about any of that. It's just been about you know, going to work every day, and um, we have great kids from really, really great families that work really hard, and um, we just try to have fun every day and laugh. You know, we don't, we didn't set out to win any state championships. We just set out to have a good time and, you know, work as hard as you can and be a great teammate, and these kids are amazing. Like, I feel like I'm the one that's privileged to be able to coach these kids in Kirtland and teach in Kirtland where we have incredible students and um, just like Jim's kid, just we laugh and try to have fun every day. And I think people want to be part of something that's exciting and fun. And so we've had our numbers have grown from like 30 some in my first year to we've had over 60 the past 12 years on the roster. So I think that's big. That's yeah. For the, for a school that size, um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, what, how many kids are enrolled in Kirtland? Uh, probably 120 in a senior class, right? I don't think it's that many. It's like, no, 80. It's like 80 to 90, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're yeah. really little. We're going to be Division Six again this year coming up just with enrollment. And, oh, wow. And uh, so that's big to go from 30 on the roster to, you know, to over 60 because then our practices are just way better. We get more competition. We have 11 on 11 at both ends of the field. And, you know, everybody gets, you know, we, we're fortunate to have a seventh grade team, an eighth grade team, a ninth grade team, and then JV varsity, where other schools our size play a, they have a middle school team right. and then a JV and a varsity. So we play five full schedules, and I think that's helped us because the kids play a ton of football, and then our youth program's outstanding. Like, yep. you know, I, I don't think people talk about that enough. Like, Menor was in the Final Four last year. Chardon won a state title. Lake Catholic was in the state championship last year, and, uh, Perry's been to the Final Four a bunch in the last couple of years. And so, like, Perry, Riverside, Mentor, Willoughby, um, Eastlake, like, we're Mayfield. Our youth football program, as you would know, is great football communities, and we're the smallest community. We try to compete with those communities. And yeah. I think then they get into seventh and eighth grade, and they, you know, I don't have to do much. They come into ninth grade. These kids know how to play football. So right. that, that's really helped. The youth program has really helped us in the fact that our numbers are up and we can play – full schedules so our ninth graders don't sit and watch you know watch a jv game they get to play a ninth grade schedule then in 10th grade they get to play jvs and then you know they played two years of football with i mean more than that so then our varsity team has tons of experience they, they play they just play a lot of football and the kids are good at it when they get to me i don't really have to do much yeah know each other they trust each other they grew up in the same system been running mm -hmm. the same offense similar offense yeah our youth I mean, coaches are outstanding i meet with them every year and they you know they're great they want their they want it to be successful for their own kids so they they run our base plays i give them four or five base plays and 
And if the terminology stays the same all the way through, then that helps the program. Oh, for sure. Now, I'm a little bit disappointed because he just described my preparation for every sport I ever played was to have a great time and to laugh a lot. And I haven't really experienced the same kind of success. I think you laughed more probably than you than you should have, Mike. If I were to, if I were to put my finger on it, probably put a little too much emphasis on having a good time. All right, and then, yeah, I think you meant having a good time like within the sport, not outside of the sport. Oh, oh that, that yeah, might well, be where you like fell yeah. fell apart. I rarely was, you know, having so much fun in the weight room or you know right. doing sprints around the track. Spe- speaking of the ninth grade, you know, talking about the, the different ages and everybody getting to play a lot. Are you aware of Jim's prowess when he was in ninth grade at Kirkland? I've actually had this conversation. Yeah, he's told me about it. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, for sure, it was the worst team Kirkland's ever had. Like, no, no joke. We were zero ten. I think we scored like one or two touchdowns the whole year. Uh, it was it was horrible. At the end of the year, I think we were dressing from like ninth through twelfth grade, like maybe fifteen kids. Of you know six or seven of which were freshmen, and it was just it was brutal. Nineteen so ninety one. So like, I was actually the dark th- age of well, Kirkland I was, football. I was thinking about that today because I knew Tiger was coming on, and I was thinking like, man, if I would have asked myself in whatever nineteen ninety one after finishing my freshman year of football at Kirtland when we went zero ten and just literally got blown out every game, that like in twenty years I would look at that and see Kirtland has won. You know, six state titles, been in the state championship game like ten times. I'm like, no way, no way. Yeah, because you know? like we were literally in the bottom. Like you couldn't go lower. So that kind of brings me to another question, Tiger. Like when you took over as head coach of Kirtland, what would you say the state of the program was at that point? Like, you know, going into your first year, and how did you, you know, and how did you turn the corner or get over that hump? Of you know, to getting the kids to believe and buy in, and you know, I know that, a that might process. be a whole nother podcast with how I got here because <laughs> I didn't. I was coaching in PA. My family, my friends, and everybody was there, and, and my wife, she wanted to get back home. She's from Mayfield, so she applied for me. She sent in the application, and I never heard of Kirtland. I didn't want to come here, and uh, so I think that helped me get the job because I went into the interview process not caring, <laughs> not wearing a shirt and tie. And like, keep, yeah, you did have a shirt on though. Really. I did have a shirt on, but I was trying to blow the interview. <laughs> and they called me back, and uh, I think that helped because I, I really, you know, didn't. You care. probably were just honest too. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. if they don't hire me, well, you know, who cares? And the funny thing is, Al Ross, which maybe you guys know, he, he's a longtime Kirtland guy. He, he told me because it was like seventy-two applications, and he goes, he was going through them, and he was like. <laughs> this guy's tiger we gotta see this guy <laughs> he's like the only reason i even got one of the interviews because like, we got to see who calls himself tiger <laughs> so he's going through the pile and that's the only reason i got even a shot at it and then uh, and then i was fortunate enough to get hired it's been it's been really great for my family and the reason like you said earlier why i'm still here is because my four kids you know love the school district have great friendships and you know that's more important than anything else you know i don't want to pull them out and take them somewhere else and then you know them have they, i mean the smiles on their faces are more important than anything else and yeah all four of my kids just loved everything about kirtland sports academics the friends they've had the people they've met the places we've lived you know we've lived two different houses so you know that's why i'm still here i love it i love it. it's a great small town great hard hard working tough kids and you know i the, the people i teach with are, are awesome you know what i mean like right. you go to work every day it's not like work when you when you love going there so I feel like if I was going to an uh, interview to be a head coach of like a football team, I'd go dressed as like Tom Landry. <laughs> the big hat. With the fedora. <laughs> With the fedora and, a, and, a, and like a, a briefcase. But I'd open up the briefcase and I'd pull out a clipboard. <laughs> and it would have like my plays on it. Or I'd just pull out like, do you have a copy of your resume? And I would turn it in like laminated, like one of those play sheets. <laughs> Stop highlighting. <laughs> when they asked me questions, I'd go to my armband and like Velcro it out. Like, oh, yeah, well about that yeah well well tell you you said you kind of you know you it was kind of a a little bit of a you know crazy journey to get to kirtland um you grew up in oil city i did some research it said you were the fifth of eight kids in your family so you came from a big family is that first of all is that number correct (laughs) yeah that's right i got yeah i got four older siblings and three younger and i was kind of in the middle and it is funny because i laugh at you know you know we always know where our kids are with these phones and these you know, Life 360 stuff. I mean, my parents were worried about the older ones that were going to, off to college, and they are worried about the babies that were... They didn't even know where I was. I mean, honest to God. You just kind of got lost I in would the go, I, Yeah, I would go outside in the morning and come back at 
dark and they they had no idea true a true latchkey kid yeah like it's funny to see the difference in how you parent now like you know where your kids is you know you know where they are 24 7 where i i mean my friends and i we went and we'd go in the woods and do all kinds of crazy stuff and like make fires and sit out in the woods for like 10 hours in the middle of the summer and my parents had no idea where i was (laughs) right and we'd be (laughs) But it was awesome. It would, you know yeah. I mean? It was like yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah. And they weren't, like, they knew my friends and weren't worried that we were going to do something too bad. Like, you know, my mom was, she was a little bit bad growing up, so she kind of wanted you to have a little bit of fun. Like, and right. she was, she, she'd stirred the pot a lot, and then we'd go out and, and have fun. But, like, they didn't even know where we were. I mean, I laugh at, you know, I'd be across town three miles away on the train tracks you know <laughs> jumping off a train bridge into the allegheny river allegheny river runs right through oil city yep. there's a north side and a south side and all my we lived on the south side and all the north siders were like they'd come over and play basketball and football and was there like a rivalry oh, between yeah. north and south oh Africa? yeah you either north side or south side and you know then we got to high school together and everybody played on the same team but like you know elementary middle school even into high school they'd come over and you know when we'd swim in the pool, it'd be like dodgeball, north side versus south side, and we'd just pummel each other. It was great. Right. But, uh, you know, we'd end up on the north side of town and for the whole day. And I, I know one time I went left in the morning, and, you know, Little City's four hours from Cedar Point. We just, my buddy said, let's go to Cedar Point. We got in a car. I had no cell phone. I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Cedar Point. And we drove to Cedar Point, and we ended up staying all night in the van. And I'm like, my mom probably is. She's probably worried about me at this point. Like, <laughs> I got two days without showing up at home. And she was mad at that time when I showed up two days later. And where were you? Well, we ended up at Cedar Point. And, you know, the, I, I didn't call her. I didn't, there's no texting or emailing. And she was a little bit upset about that. <laughs> but it was, it was a fun trip. I was 16 years old and jumped oh, yeah. in the car with six other 16-year-olds in a van. And we left, st- we left the state, went to Cedar Point for the day, stayed all night. It was great. And Kennywood's only 30 minutes away. I mean, you're not going to go <laughs> ride the steel car. But we had been there. You know, that's, that's yeah. not an adventure when you've already been there. Right. The adventure is, hey, we've never been there. <laughs> and it's out of state. So another interesting tidbit is, you know, I, if people don't know you, Tiger, I think a lot of people would assume, like, you went to college, you got a teaching degree, you started – um, I know you were at Franklin High School for, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Coached there and, um, you know, then ended up at Curland. But before any of this happened, like after college, you went in, you were in a total different career path. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and, like, how that switched off to get into teaching coaching? Yeah, I got a job as an actuary. I was a math economics major. And uh, I got out and got a job downtown Pittsburgh at the biggest, tallest building in Pittsburgh, 43rd floor. You know, for William M. Mercer, I was an actuary, and I went into these Monday morning team meetings. I looked around, and there's all these actuaries. I did that for over a year. But like, I, for, for those that don't know, like myself, what does an actuary even do? Well, I, th- I don't know, but I feel like Shane would know. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, you want to I do have meetings with, with actuaries. <laughs> all right, lay, fairly regularly. lay it on us, Tiger. Well, What's in it? This, we don't want to bore you, but let's just put <laughs> – we, I did defined benefits, which was like basically everybody's pension fund is really what you worked on, and you figured out, you know, everybody's accrued benefit. But anyways, that's that was. You did what, a lot of number crunching. Yeah, like, and I knew if I wasn't sitting at that cubicle doing that, someone else would be sitting there doing the same thing. So like I knew like you're not going to affect one person. I could do that 30 years, make a lot of money, but not affect one other person's life. Like you just, if I wasn't doing the defined benefits, somebody else would be calculating the pensions and then basically what we did is decided like this company you need to fund your you need five million in there to fund all your employees like we had to make sure that the the pension funds were fully funded that was our job and uh monday morning i'd go into my meeting every i'd look around the room and think it's not one person here i'd really want to hang you know hang out with i don't want to put anybody i mean i just like it wasn't my gr- wasn't, <laughs> wasn't my cup of tea scene, right? yeah. yeah and i'm like do I want to do this for 35 years? And I was like, no. And so I called around, and the reason I ended up here is everything in Pennsylvania was, you know, three years to get teaching stuff, you know, master's degree in teaching education and, and get your student teaching in. Well, somebody said, call John Carroll. They got a one-year deal. And I did, and they did, and I jumped in it, and that's how I met my wife. That's how I ended up in Ohio. But I went to John Carroll for a year and got my master's certified to teach, all student teaching at Brush, all in one year. It was crazy. But I got it done one year in and out, and then 
and then I started teaching. I, I knew when I was an actor, I was like, I'll never be able to coach because I. We well, wasn't, done I think there six, was a story you had told me maybe before where like you had gone out for happy hour or something with one of your coworkers. Uh, and you were kind of having a talk with this woman, and I think yeah. she kind of asked you some questions and made you start thinking about, like, yeah, what am I? No, she actually said, I'm out of here. I'm giving my two weeks' notice. I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to be a teacher. I was like, I said, I'm doing it too. And I, I, I mean, if, if, she might, if she didn't say that that day, I might still be an actuary, but I was like, you know what, I, I'm out too. And the, so then I the called John Gary. to impress women. <laughs> <laughs> she, did, she actually went from Pittsburgh to the same program at John Carroll. And so we both were in the same one-year program at John Carroll together. And then she ended up going back and living in her hometown in Pennsylvania where she was from. So Now, I, did you did you get any um, – so at this point when you – you're an actuary and you decide, you know, I'm done with this, I want to get into teaching. How old were you? 23. I, I get, went to college and then I was an actuary right out of college for a year. So 23 years old, 20. So at that point when you kind of made that decision in your own mind, did you get any, like – backlash or like anything from your family like no this is a great career you need to stick with this you'll make a lot of money and that's over there like supportive and like you know just do this unbelievable like you know most parents might say we just paid four years of college you got a great job no you ain't quitting but i actually called my mother and said hey do you care if i go back and be a teacher and she's like no go ahead she was on i called her from that bar that night with the when the girl said she was leaving and i said hey i don't want it and my parents were great and fortunate enough they said hey do whatever you want to do and it, like if they didn't say that and they just said no way you're off the books you're already getting a job you know paying for yourself right i might not have done it so you know really the fact that my mom and dad supported and said do whatever you want to do that's it that's important yeah i mean you, you need that support whether it's from significant other family mm -hmm. friends i mean that that makes a difference and i think that kind of helps if you make you make a decision and you know that they're supportive of that you know, it can kind of gives you that final kick in the butt to like, you know, if, if they see it and I see it, like, there's, there's got to be something to this and no. it's got to be right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you a question about the, um, uh, your, your teaching experience, like, and getting no kids and, um, and also coaching. And we've talked about this on the show before where this is sometimes like not a country for old men, right? Like, oh, these kids today and everything else. And you've gotten to know several, you know, a couple generations of kids here uh, pretty intimately. What's something that they do better than, than we ever did as kids? And we were latchkey kids. We were tough kids. We were, you know, we walked uh, uphill both ways, <laughs> you know, going to school. I think kids get a little bit of a bad rap these days. You know, I think in general, kids are kids same as they were 40 years ago. They want to laugh. They yep. want to be part of something. And, uh, you know, if you... If you influence them the right way, they'll work hard. Like, I think you read so much about the bad things about kids these days that, you know, they're lazy and don't want to work hard and that, you know, they're always on their phones. You know, if you, if you have high expectations and say, hey, you're going to stay off your phones and you're going to work hard and, you know, I think most kids are great kids. I think most of them want to be successful and they want to work hard and they want to be part of something and they all want to smile and laugh. I think that's the, the common denominator is just like, why you guys you're here to laugh and smile and hang out together and have a beer right kids are the same way they want to they want to laugh and have fun and we at every football practice we have we try to have fun we try to laugh and have fun play some music during warm-ups and i mean I'm, i might be the biggest kid out there i think i probably laugh more than they do i make fun of them they make fun of me and you know like i think that's it the common denominator i don't think there's a big difference in kids over 40 years i think that, yeah i think if you you know, have high expectations, I think they'll meet them. Yeah. Well, isn't there, is there an assistant coach that does some sort of dance after? Yeah, after Coach Beeler's great. He, he dances with them and the kids love it. And <laughs> we play dodgeball and kickball and volleyball and we, all the games that we played growing up that we love. Deck hockey, the kids will go in the gym and put up two nets and get that, the sticks. And I mean, just like good fun that we had growing up, these kids still want to have that. And, and at least yeah. at Kirtland anyway, and a lot of kids do. Like when we bring other teams in to play dodgeball with us, like they love it. They think it's the greatest thing in the world. So, you know, I, I don't think there's a huge difference in kids anymore. I just think that sometimes these days they get a bad rap. Hmm. Well, plus I think when you incorporate so many, you know, quote-unquote fun games into your normal schedule and practices, like that just – that further like kind of stokes the fire of comp competitiveness in them. You know, I mean, you want kids competing. That's why – I think, you know, you, you we were talking about this before a little bit. Um, you know, if you're not 
if it's not football season, like you'd probably want your kids playing a different sport because they're competing every day, whether it's in a practice room or in the basketball court or on a baseball diamond. Like that, that competition breeds more competition and a desire to win and get better. And you know, I think that's there's no I, doubt about it. We have cornhole tournaments and volleyball tournaments and dodgeball tournaments and I mean, whether it's ping pong yeah, or whatever. Anything, I mean, anything. Just, it's it's fun. And I think there's some schools out there. I know I ran into a little bit when I was coaching wrestling that uh, you'll find some coaches that really kind of want their athletes to kind of specialize for their specific sport, which I think on a high school level for sure it's just tough because, like, you know, most of these kids aren't going to the next level. Um, or if they do, it's on a Division three level or something where they're kind of doing it at their own will. Uh, and, you know, very few of these kids are ever going to play that sport for a, a living, you know. Yeah, so. even college. Like, <clears throat> we've been real successful, but we have one or two every year that out of the whole team that go to, like, John Carroll. You know what I mean? Like, last year we had one kid that's playing at John Carroll. You know, the year before we had one kid that went to John Carroll. It's not like we're sending ten kids to play college football. Right. Most of these kids, like, when, when, it's, when they hang it up in their senior year, they're done. Like, that's right. it. So you want to make that, the, like, to me, the greatest experience of their life is those four years of high school football. So whatever we can do to make that experience fantastic for them, like, you know, some – I mean, I know it doesn't happen everywhere, but, like – I'll send a kid to punt that's never punted before. You know, like, get in there. And, like, <laughs> and we all, everybody on the sidelines laughing. We're like, let's see, this is going to be great. <laughs> you know. I do notice, like, you have a, there's, you'll have, like, multiple guys kick field goals or extra points. Oh, my year. God. In the playoffs, I think we had five guys kick. We had five <laughs> different kickers in the playoffs. It was crazy. You know. Is it just, and like, the, who, and the one kick straw straws before the game? No, the one, <laughs> the one kickoff we had, it was a big playoff game. We are playing a team that was 12-0. Kid goes out there to kick it off, and he – he he runs up and kicks it off before they like they blow the whistle, <laughs> like they blow the whistle like the, yeah. and he kicked it off and we got a five yard penalty and I took him out. We hadn't even kicked off yet and he's like, forget it, you go kick this guy. He can't even wait for the so we got a five yard penalty and then I had an offensive line yeah. kick off and and then he'd never kicked off and it's a pl I mean we're twelve and zero they're twelve and zero it's a playoff game it's a big moment in the game and I send a guy out there it's never kicked off and I said. Just kick it as hard as you can. And he kicked it as hard as he could, and it hit the dude right in the front and bounced right back to him, and we actually got the ball. And it looked like the, you know, like the like greatest, the coach yeah, the like the greatest coach in the world. And it was just like, I was just so mad at the other kid. I was so mad at the kid that kicked it without waiting for the whistle, and we got a five-yard penalty that I just was, you kick it. And we ended up getting the ball and going down and score. We won the game. It was unbelievable. <laughs> this dumb luck. It's, it has nothing to do with intelligence. What was it? What was it like when you um, when you won the first state championship game? I mean, now that when was that? Would that have been like 2010 or 2011? I don't know. 2011. It, the funny thing is, is, like my wife and I kind of laughed now. Like that first year. Like well, when I got hired, you know, Kirtland had never won a playoff game. You know, we they'd made the playoffs twice and lost in the first round both times, and then. So, like, in 2011, we, like, won a playoff game, and then we won another one. And, like, we had a pep rally, like, every week. We won another one, pep rally. We, we made it to the regional final, pep rally. We made it to the final four, pep rally. We made it to the state title game, big town community rally. It, and then, you know, it was, like, crazy. And then we won that first one, which was nuts. It was awesome. Um, and then, like, now, like, this past year, like, we made it to this. We didn't have one pep rally, you know what I mean, till the end. We had a pep right. rally for the state title game. Now, like now, it's like when you guys get to the final game, we'll we'll have a pep rally. I know it's so. The, I mean, like it's so different, even though it's like it's so hard to get there. But it, it's the, know, the expectations are so high now. I mean, it it's is like and, a golf and, clap now, regional win. Right? <laughs> very, very yeah, nice people. Are like, I've talked to many people that are like, yeah, we're not coming in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. And we'll, I'll be at the state title game. It's like. Do you know who we have to beat to get there? Like, I mean, like, it's hard to get there. It's, there's high schools that have never been there one time, and it's really, really hard to make it to a state final. And the fact that these kids have done it ten times is just incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I think, too, to talk about, like, uh, and unfortunately, obviously, you guys, you know, made it again this year, weren't able to come out with the W. But that, that senior class, they literally had gone undefeated up until that point, right? I mean, from freshman yeah. – they won 55 straight games. I mean, just just the thought of that's crazy. Yeah, they, they were one game away from going without losing. You know, <laughs> it is crazy. I ran into a, I ran into a lady this morning. I'm not, it told me like I was happy you guys lost that last game. Kirtland lady, 
And I was like, I was a ch- I, I, You punched her. No. I went to church and helped set up for a big Super Bowl party at our church this morning. And I was like, and she was like, well, the, you know, these kids need to learn how to lose, you know. And I'm like, you don't have any idea how much time and effort and, you know, like, these kids put so much into it. It was heartbreaking for them to lose. Yeah. And, and for the, someone who lives in Kirtland and went to Kirtland and kids went to Kirtland and grandkids went to Kirtland, to say, like, I was rooting for you guys to lose. It was good you guys lost. These kids needed to learn how to lose. I, I was, yeah. like, blown away. Yeah, I mean, I tell, that to, tell away. that to that kid. You know, like, yeah. that, that kid yeah. devoted his last four years yeah. of his life. Every and put everything time. out there and... and you know, and they were crushed. And, that, you know, the fact that they're that sad means it meant a lot to them, which is, you know, is, is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means so much to these kids. And it's like, you know, they'll get over it, but it did suck. And, and uh, some of them still don't, don't want to talk about it. But for a, someone in town to be rooting against us, that's tough. That's maybe, tough. Maybe she didn't know how many dodgeball games that those kids probably lost over those four years. Well, <laughs> they did. You're right. They learned how to lose every day. Yeah, they lost, they lost dodgeball but and hockey. And- I know it's got to be hard for you know those kids to like be like whisker away from you know achieving that goal of going undefeated for four years. But I'm, I'm hoping that um, if they can't talk about it now. As time, you know, kind of heals all wounds, they can look back at it with like, oh my god, like and realize what a special accomplishment they did. I mean, it's yeah. I I tried to tell them after the game. Anybody that even thinks for one second they were unsuccessful is crazy, because you know what they did. Like we graduated everybody on both sides of the ball except like two guys on offense and two guys on defense, and we moved up in the CVC and we played Perry and West G and these teams for Ashbeal Edgewood and Ashbeal. lakeside for the first time like we we were always in the middle we moved up to the big schools and we went we won the conference first year in the bigger schools and then we won all these playoff games like what they did this year was incredible incredible with the young kids we this and i've been here 16 years this was the first time in 16 years we started two freshmen in a playoff run like we started two ninth graders we've never done that we've always never had to do that and this year we had to and they those kids played well we played started four sophomores a hand, probably five juniors, and so this was as young as we've ever played in the playoff run, and we still made a great run. I was incredibly proud of them, and what it was a it was a crazy successful season, even though we lost the last game. Yeah, well, I think that's another thing that kind of speaks to the program that you know Curlin has turned into, where like these kids, you know, the community has expectations. Obviously, like we talked about, like yeah, we're not going to go to the Pepper Alley till the state final game, but like the kids, like. And I've been able to kind of see it a little bit because my son's, you know, in junior high and he's kind of starting like on the cusp of it. But the expectations that these kids have going, which I think plays a huge role because they expect success, you know, and they from them. And I think, and you guys have all, you know, played athletics. I think one of the biggest things is just having the confidence when you walk, step onto the mat or the field or whatever. And I think because of the continued success you've had, like these kids are, are confident in like the program, you know, they're confident in their training. They're confident in their coaching, and, and that makes a huge deal because when they step on the field, then they're you know they believe in each other and what they're doing, which plays a huge part, I think. You it, you're 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 exactly right. Like there's a difference I tell the kids between like hoping to win and knowing that if you play well, you're going to win. You know what I mean? I think our kids know if we play well and don't turn the ball over and don't make mistakes, we're going to win. Where teams we play are they're hoping to win the game, and that's and you're right. It's it's. It's a lot mental, and a lot of our success is due to these kids. They believe in themselves. They they love each other, and and they know if they go through what we've done the last ten years, that if they you know follow the process, so to speak, that they'll have a good chance of being successful. And the, I mean, it, of course, it's about the kids, and I I, I can t- already tell you're not a guy that will make it about themselves. But I've been. I'm a pretty successful coach myself. I've been coaching <laughs> youth wrestling for about two and a half years now, and. Um, and Your wrestlers are like 400 winning percentage, I think. Is I don't that like the wreck. No, but I mean, even as like a, a, an amateur coach of, of youth <laughs> sports, I sometimes as a coach, I have a pretty like guttural reaction to like a, one, a kid that I just met a month ago's loss or like what, what transpires on the mat. And I've watched, um, you know, YouTube videos where parents are tackling referees and sometimes other small children. Um, I can think of a time where Bill Cowher nearly like stepped out on the field and tackled a guy as he, you know, intercepted the ball and ran by him. Woody Hayes, the famous 
Like, do you have any stories or like losses or experiences where you like nearly decked a kid from another team, or maybe or maybe punched a Karen after in the parking lot or at church setup for the Super Bowl party? This morning was interesting. But no, last night we I coached JV boys basketball. We had a game at Geneva, and uh, this is kind of funny. This like we're losing the game. We were winning at halftime, and the team made a run, and we were losing and. This guy right behind our bench is yelling at our kids during the game, yelling. I mean, this 50-year-old guy is yelling at, like, these 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids that are playing varsity basketball, doing their best. We weren't winning, but he was, like, yelling at them. And so our coach was mad, said something to the officials. The officials said something to the policeman. They had a security cop over there. And, uh, you know, and so nothing happened. This guy kept standing there talking. And anyways, the game ends. And we said to the officials, that wasn't right. You know, we lost the game. which We got outplayed. We should have lost. But that guy, you know, talking crap to these 17-year-old kids is wrong. So after the game, the officials came over and were like, you know, sorry about that. That shouldn't happen. And, you know, we told the, the, the cop, and he didn't do anything. And, and the, this was – he came into our locker room and said – we just found out why the cop didn't say anything to the guy. He said, because that was another cop <laughs> who was off duty. Oh, the, my the, God. The guy yelling at our team was a cop, about 50-year-old cop, just talking trash when we were winning. And as soon as we got losing, he was like, it was really bad. And then, like, like you said, it was one time I wanted to, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. my God. I wanted to walk the over one and time just say, I dude, you don't. Assault a police officer. These are great kids that yeah. do the right thing. Like, I always tell people, they do the right thing all the time. They work hard. They do their homework. They get good grades. You don't have the right to yell at these kids. Yeah. You don't. I, I'm, I'm their coach. I, I'll yell at them if I want to, but you don't have the right to yell at them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, sure. they don't deserve that. They, they're, they're good kids. Bad fans. Guys, they're the worst. <laughs> that was bad last night. <laughs> and then the guy ends up being a cop. I'm like, and so the other cop wouldn't yell him and kick him out. Huh? Yeah. They were in cahoots. Well, another, another interesting story that you had told me, Tiger, and uh, I was actually talking to Ridgeway earlier today because I was trying to dig up some real deep dirt on you. But, I, you know, he, and he, had, he has some dirt. He has too. some dirt, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep it on the up and up here today. But, um, and I remember you telling me this, but I don't know the details, and I think the listeners would enjoy your, your brief sojourn into uh, professional football yourself in arena league football. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> Do you got three podcasts available? <laughs> I mean, we might need some more time. Reader's Digest version. I'm going to give you the short version. I'm 35 years old coaching at Kirtland. My brother is five years younger, and, and you know I weigh about 175 pounds. My brother weighs 250, 6'3", 250, played at Penn State, and then he transferred. I mean, he, so he's 30, I'm 35. And my, a younger coach that I coached under me when I was in PA, he was the all-time leading sack leader at Edinburgh, and he is asked to play arena football. He was the all-time sack leader at his college, and he played arena football for the Erie Freeze. And anyways, <laughs> the, freeze. The, the Erie Freeze. And they went 12-1, and one, made the championship and lost. And the next year, their quarterback left, and they went – and they were good still, but they had quarterback issues. They went through four quarterbacks, and they ended up – they were like 1-9 and nine going into the last two games. You play 12 games. And so they all these quarterbacks – and One they, and nine actually gets you into the playoffs in arena football. <laughs> not this year. Not this year. Well, anyways, the defensive end guy was like, man, we need a quarterback. And so he asked my brother Maddie to play. And my, my brother Maddie went and played week 11, and he scored five touchdowns. He's pretty good. Well, one of the wideouts got kicked out of the game, and he had no one to throw to. And so he told the coach, my brother can play wideout. So we had one game left. There's one game left in the season. There's 12 games. They're 1 and 10. And Maddie calls me up. And like how long? So it had been like 15 years since you played uh, football. Maybe. I played when I was 18, and now I'm 35. It's been 17, 17 years. And so, like, Maddie. So just a brief, a brief sabbatical. <laughs> so my brother Maddie calls and said, man, it's so fun. It's awesome. You get paid 300 bucks. You know, he's like, he had played week 11. That was his first game. And he's like, our wideout got kicked out of the game. He goes, you're just going to be a backup wideout. You make 300 bucks. You don't have to do anything. If one of the wideouts gets hurt, you're in. I'm like. I can be a backup for 300 bucks. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> so I go to the game. We had actually one practice that week. And, and Wednesday up in Erie, I drove. And then the game Saturday night, Erie Civic Center. We're playing Mississippi Mudcats. And I'm at school teaching. I'm like looking up Mississippi Mudcats. And I'm like, 
I see all these guys, Alabama, Georgia Tech, Auburn, <laughs> Texas A&M, like all these guys. That all, all the D-backs and linebackers that would be the ones trying to rip your head off, yeah. obviously. So, and I'm like, it's, it's all right. I'm, I'm just a backup. I'm, I'm, three, I'm not even going to play. It's going to be easy, 300 bucks. I get to the game in Erie, and we're dressing up, and there's these our offensive line, all 300 pounds, huge dudes of a pit in West Virginia and all these guys. And... Uh, <laughs> This is unbelievable. <laughs> the wideout who they find him, he got kicked out of the previous game, and the owner fined him out of his paycheck, and he got paid, and he didn't get paid what he was supposed to get paid. And so he started yelling. And we're in the locker room getting dressed, and he yells at the owner. He's like, this is bullshit. The owner says, get the hell out of here. We got another wideout right here. <laughs> and you're like, no, we don't. My eyes. <laughs> we just signed him for $300 a week. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy, he kicked him off the team before the game. And, and my brother, I'm 35. The, the head coach looks at me and goes, you're starting tonight, pal. And I'm like, I'm not. I just went white as it goes. And uh, then the coach comes over and goes, do you guys ever watch arena football? He goes, hey, he goes, hey, he was our kick return. Your kick, your return to kickoff, <laughs> too. You know, you catch him off, off the net. Yeah, yeah. And the dude, I'm like, I look at my brother, Maddie, I'm like, I'm I'm going to kill you. I'm going to be <laughs> catching the ball off the net, turning around, and these guys are going to be running full speed. Anyway, so then we go out, warm-ups. I'm like sick. I'm like – and I brought two of my players. I brought two of the kids that coached with me in the car, and they were in the stands. I, they said, we want to see this. So, anyways, I, I, otherwise I'd have got my car and left. I'd have drove home. <laughs> but I had two guys. I had to give a ride home, and they had bought tickets. And I'm like, this is not good. But – so that anyways we go out and they dim the lights in the civic center this is the best part and like i'm number seven my brother's number two and then all the big linemen are like 78 79 62 and they do numeric order they announce you and they got the lights off the music blasting and they number two and then i go out and i'm so we're in line they come through the line and i'm like this my hand up and this these big linemen and they just they wrap their they tape up their hands like clubs like rolls of tape <laughs> And then I'm like this, and the music's playing. I'm looking in the stands, and they announce that one of the linemen, he comes through and just goes like this and just bam. I misses my hand with the high five and hits me right there with the club. And my arm went numb. My brother Matty's standing there, and he turns around, and it's like electrifying, like the, your adrenaline's pumping. And he goes, isn't this awesome? He goes, and I said, I think I just broke my arm. I said, honest to God, I can't feel my arm. And I'm telling you, he's like, what? I'm like, I said, I just got a hit with one of these 300-pound clubs. And, and he's like, oh, I said, Matty, I'm serious. I, it's probably broken. Anyway, I had a bruise for like a month. It turned black for like a month. But once the game got going, it was great. Matty and I were like, you know, we're both coaches. We ended up like calling the plays. Like by the end of the first quarter, we were calling the plays. And, we all, Mississippi was like a 10 and 1. We were 1 and 10, and we lost by four. It was oh, so fun. Right. It was really, really fun, but I did get I got crushed. And then one time Maddie got hurt. He ran the ball and got killed into the boards, and he couldn't breathe. And he's like, Dyke, Dyke, you're playing quarterback. You got to play quarterback. And he, so I ended up playing quarterback about mid-third mid quarter for a series. I got a couple of snaps in the, in the gun. It was awesome, but it was, it was, oh it was a great – it was a – what an experience! What did, like, so, what, what did Mary think of this whole idea? Well, our, she had a family wedding that night, so she didn't go, and I was supposed to go. This got me out of like a family wedding. So, but the, I needed shoulder surgery about three months after this game. <laughs> so she she thinks a hundred percent this game did it to me, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it was it was hilarious. It, my whole family went, and I know had some players go there. It was it was it was a good time. Is there is there any um, any tape of this game that we could find on the internet anywhere? It's funny because I've, my my college roommate heard about this story. This is like ten years ago, and he like called the Erie Freeze and was like, <laughs> "I want to get tape of this game." And like they thought there was going to be some lawsuit. Like he wanted to get it just to laugh right. like everybody else. Right. But the Erie Freeze was like they were like, "Why does this guy want this this bad?" And they thought so. They they like got rid of it. Oh, no, geez. no one has any film of the game. There's pictures. There's pictures of the game, but uh, no film. But we, maybe somebody will come up with it at some point.
That's wow. that's unbelievable. <laughs> to go from I'm just collecting 300 bucks to like I'm I'm actually taking snaps now. Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. The offensive coordinator, I the quarterback, and the wide receiver, and the kick return. <laughs> yeah, the kick return. I was I don't know that I was even on the bench during the game. I was out there the whole time. It was great. That's probably the hardest 300 bucks you ever earned. <laughs> well, then the, the the check bounced. I'm not kidding. The check. I went to cash it. And I, the bank charged me 25 bucks. I actually lost 25 bucks on the whole deal. Oh my God! So, can you remember any other like uh, arena football league like uh, cities and mascots? We, uh, we just... uh, the Pittsburgh River Rats were in the league because <laughs> the first game my brother played was against Pitt in Pittsburgh, and then we played the Mississippi Mudcats, and that's the only three teams I know because that was it. I was part of those games. Mississippi Mudcats. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Pulaski Gowdies could be one. <laughs> well, when I first started, we had the Cleveland Thunderbolts. And then yeah. we had the Gladiators. The Gladiators. The Gladiators. Wow. I went to a couple yeah. of those games. They're fun to go to. I remember the Thunderbolts had Major Harris was their quarterback. He was yeah. used to be at West Virginia. Yeah. He might have been. A, he almost won the Heisman. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing the Rich. Were they at the Richfield Coliseum? Was it that old? That's where. Yeah. That's where yeah. they played. Yeah. All of those names are better than the Washington Commanders. I know <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not going well. I still haven't gotten my head wrapped around the Cleveland. It was weird because. Right. Vanessa and I went downtown um, Thursday for her birthday, driving past Progressive Field, and then you see the big sign that says Guardian. It just still seems kind of weird to see that, and you know, after so many years of growing up as an Indians fan and all that, but times they are changing, I guess. Missed a golden opportunity with Spiders. I think Spiders would have been the best best option there. Yeah, but we'll see what happens, Mike. Or do nothing. All right, before we get uh, too much further here, we do have a big game on Sunday. I know. Tiger, are you a big NFL fan? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you're a Steelers fan, right? Yeah, I've always been a Steelers fan. But, I, I mean, my brother went to SMU when Dickerson was there back in the Pony Express days. And when, when the Rams – I loved Dickerson when he was in college because my brother went there. I flew down to a couple SMU games when he was there. Wait, who was the other guy that was Craig James. You? Craig James, that's right. Yep. Yeah. That was like oh, a, yeah. a year the before Pony they got put, like the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're the only school that got the death penalty. But yeah. when Dickerson went, got drafted by the Rams, I actually – when I was younger, I loved the Rams. So I, I've always been a Rams fan also. So – you know, I'm pulling for them tomorrow. I think it'd be cool for Stafford, 12 years with the Lions. Yep. You know, to he never complained, never whined, and just you know, never won a playoff game. And for him to win, it's pretty cool. I think Burrow's great. I love Joe Burrow. I, I mean, I think that'd be a cool story, too. But I'm pulling for Stafford and the Rams. I think that'd be really neat. He played 12 years in Detroit, mm-hmm. never bitched and complained, and just he played. He played well, and uh, that'd be cool for him. Could set a bad precedent for the Lions. Every, every player's like, I want out of here yeah. now. Right. They've had, they've had I want my run. Super Bowl. Shane, do you have, uh, you have your picks for the game? Shane's, uh, is it time for Shane's picks? It's time for spread them. With Shane. <laughs> this is our little segment. <laughs> I like it. First, another first-time listener. Can, can we recap? Live uh, and uncut. Can we recap championship weekend first, maybe? Yeah, sure. How, how do you I think, I think in fair? general, like the NFL playoffs this year have just been yeah. phenomenal. I mean, the, the games and the awesome. excitement, like that. Incredible. The championship games were unbelievable. The, the week before, that, like divisional round, those games were like one game was one game was we talked about last week. Like every game was better than the previous one. Yeah, six games in a row finished with a field goal, three points. I mean, yeah, it's it amazing. Amazing. It they, amazing. They they put out a pretty pretty good product with. <laughs> And, you know, the seven-team uh, playoff gives that many more teams. I mean, right up until the end, All you gotta look there at were 24 teams that yeah. were still eligible for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah, all you got to look at is the Bengals were 4-12 and last year. And right. they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. when that, 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 that's great for the league. Yeah, if you're when, the Dolphins, if you're the Texans, if you're, I mean, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you've got a shot at the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, yeah. So conference championship weekend, I picked I picked Cincinnati. Getting um, they won outright. I think they were getting seven and a half or something. Right. Um, Someone that one, and I I had picked the Rams, but they only won by a field goal, and the line was three and a half. So one and one, but picked the two winning teams, so I was feeling pretty good. But you also took points on the Chiefs Bengals, right? Which you won big. Would have right? Didn't you say? Didn't you take, take the over? Yeah, the over. They take the over too. Yeah. All right. Today. That one, yeah. Okay. That so that you, that was like the, that was your record-setting weekend last Two weekend. Two and one. Yeah. I lost by half. <laughs> Usually it goes the other way. I'm not gonna lie about it. Um, but I am sticking to my guns. I'm sticking with who I think is the hotter quarterback, and and my eye test 
Tiger can tell me I'm completely wrong. But uh, I'm taking the points, Cincinnati. It, it, they may lose by three, but I, I just think Burrow's playing so well, and, and Stafford still makes a few Detroit Lions plays every now and then. Um, so I would take Cincinnati plus four. Uh, the line went down to four. Most of the money's on, on the Bengals. But uh, they said by, the, by game time, I think it'll get closer to, closer to even. I'm just a little concerned about the Bengals' offensive line being able to hold up. I mean, Joe Burrows has gotten sacked like a zillion times these playoffs. That's true. And the Rams' D-line, like Aaron Donald's a beast. Von Miller's been playing great in the playoffs. Yeah, their defense is probably the toughest one the Bengals have faced so far. Yeah, he's got to get rid of the ball quick, and they got they got good D-backs too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good test. I don't know. Uh, I, but I wouldn't count out Joe Burrows. I mean, he's he's really for it's almost like his first year, like a year and a half. I mean, he hardly played it all last year. And uh, man, it's not a guy. I mean, you guys are Steelers fans. Shane and I are Browns fans. Like, I don't think either one of us want to see this guy in the AFC North. You know, just dominating us as a second year guy. Year. Like this is if if this is a little bit of a window of things to come, it could be uh, some long and uh, gray days in uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland for sure. I'm pulling for the Bengals um, just to keep it close at least. I think the Rams uh, – I, I do like the Rams to win because of the reasons that you just, uh, you just stated. But I, I, I want, I want uh, Burrow to kind of ball out and just show the world that he's, like, unflappable. He's, he's every bit – he's got the swagger that uh, he's you, know, cool. you see and everything else. Yeah, I just Smoking cigars after yeah. a victory. Again, I, yeah, I don't necessarily want to lose to him for the next eight years or ten years or whatever, but – at the same time, it's a pr- it's a pretty great story, and it is good for the league, as you said. I mean, you, you go for, you can go from four and twelve to being in the in yeah, the Super Bowl. I will say this for the Bengals: I don't know, I, I did not think they would stop Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, and you're going up against you know Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and OBJ. Yeah, and I think the. Bengals defense can probably keep this close. So if they, I agree with that, yeah. So if they want to, um, so I, I think we're looking to another great game. And we haven't covered the highlights of the Pro Bowl. I mean, <laughs> it was funny. So that was on last Saturday. That was on last That's Saturday. Awesome. Yeah. And, and how my son Howie's like, hey, Dad, like the Pro Bowl's gonna be on in a couple minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go meet you in the basement and watch it. We go down there, and I was a little late because I was trying to take care of something. And like five minutes, because into the, there there were a million other things more important than the. Pro well, Bowl. like five minutes in the Pro Bowl, how he's like, these guys aren't trying very hard. <laughs> like, no, I mean, literally, they're they're just kind of. It's t- it was like a flag football game. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard to watch. Yeah, I don't know. What's... I was actually listening to it on the radio because I was like driving around, and the announcers are just like. I'm not even sure it's two hand touch. I think he just touched them yeah. once, <laughs> and they called him down. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I, it's Even the fourth and one runs up the middle are incredibly like, okay, he's down. Yeah, it's too much. I, it's kind of lost its luster. I remember, I think as a kid watching it, like they still, it was still kind of competitive. Like each conference really wanted to win, and there was tackling, you know. And I think back then guys weren't as maybe as friendly with each other on other teams yeah. as they are now. Like everybody's buddies with everybody in every sport, and I don't think you have that same kind of, you know, like back in the day when if you were a Steelers player. Like in playing the Browns game, I mean that not only was a big divisional rivalry, but it was like turned into a fist fight half the time. Yeah, they didn't like each other. No, they didn't like each other. Maybe well, maybe real quick, I'll just rattle off some uh, some prop bets I got here. Okay, yeah, let's hear that. We got some time here, but I'll be quick. So, well, over and under, the number is really good, forty eight and a half. But if I had to bet something, I I hate betting the under, but I think I think the under might be the smart play. So take the over. Take the over, probably. Yeah, probably sixty points. That's what I do. I wait to see if my buddies are betting, and I go up. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um, I always like to throw a few bucks down on who's going to score the first touchdown. So Odell nine to one. Um, he's been scoring touchdowns in the playoffs. He's been scoring touchdowns. Um, Zuma for for the is that how you say it for Cincinnati yeah. the tight end yes yeah, but he's he's still a little banged up he's still a little he's banged, kind of banged up, up but I still like tight ends um, heard he'll play you know, Gronk got the first one last year um, T Higgins at twelve to one those are those are probably three I'd throw some money on um, this is one I thought interesting the jersey number of the first player to score a touchdown is over under twenty three and a half <laughs> yeah that's a that's a coin flip I think yeah that's pretty close I'd probably take the over maybe a receiver tight end versus a running back. Yeah. Some receivers have single digits too, so Cubs a single digit. I can see yeah. Joe, I can see Joe Mixon scoring though. Yeah, you could. It's it's a tough one. 
Um, I'm gonna stay away from that one. I like Cincinnati, so I take I take Burrow's MVP plus two twenty five. Um, what's this one? The Rams number of sacks over three and a half. Yeah, I think they're gonna have over three and a half. The Titans got them nine times. Yeah, nine times. I mean, how can they not get three? You know, number four of or five? sacks on the number on of Burrows. On Burrows. Oh, yeah. well, I'd say just one, just the one, right? What do you mean? <laughs> His sack. No, that's not they're talking about. You, you misunderstood oh. the question, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we're talking the number of sacks on Joe Burrow. Unless he's more well, than That's man. what makes him special. He's I special think it's player. just the one sack. Still. <laughs> oh, and then the other thing I thought you guys uh, would like to know for the, the Super Bowl next year, Browns are 35-1 to 1 and the Steelers are 40-1. to 1. <laughs> If I take that money. Don't, yeah, don't, don't. I, would, I would keep that money in the bank for both of those teams. Yeah, I would too. All right, that's all I got. We'll see how it works out. All right. Well, I think we got to that time again, Mike, where uh, we kind of throw yep. it over your direction. All right, so it's time for, uh, time for five questions. We'll ask you five questions. You don't get to answer them. We, we guess at what your answer might be. So, um, and then, you know, what we will probably do is then ask for you to tell us if we were close or right or what the actual answer is. So, um, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get started. All right, five questions from the Cutting Weight crew. Um, what is your go-to motivational quote? What, what is something one of your past players would say, oh, man, I remember where Tiger used to say this all the time when the, fourth, when th- the going got tough, when tough get going. What's your, what's your go-to quote? Is it a, uh, a Gene Hackman Hoosiers, you know, go-to? Is it? Or maybe is it the the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket? I don't know. I'm gonna say it's the uh, it's the speech from uh, what was the one movie with Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington, who was like a football coach down in the South, and there was like racial tension. Oh, remember the Titans? Remember That's the Titans? Thing. I don't know the I don't know the speech, but I, I would say Tiger pulled some information from that speech. That I remember watching it and then being huh. like, I was ready to go play football after that. Whew. Yeah. Shane, I'm gonna go with uh, Ricky Bobby. If you're not first or last, <laughs> not first or last. I like it. I like that. I like it. Uh, I think because he's from Western PA, Oil City. I'm gonna say all the right moves. <laughs> Something from all the right moves. With Tom Cruise. I, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> that's really funny because we have a young coach on staff who never saw the movie, and we said you're not allowed to come back to practice until you watch that movie. <laughs> what, what was Tom Cruise's name in that? Oh, it was geez. like a, it was like a Polish. Uh, yeah, Stefan Georgievich. <laughs> Stefan Georgievich. Yeah, Bernard always brings that up. And I love the quarterback's name was Rifleman. That always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, Rifleman. So what 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 is your thing? What do you, you when? Uh, if there's a winner here, you win. We we use a lot. We use a lot of all the right moves quotes on my staff. My. All right. Good. Good. But, uh, yeah, I would say you win that one. I'm not a quote guy, but we do. <laughs> All the right moves is a classic. <laughs> well, I can see why you're so successful. Who was the who was the head win. coach? Wasn't I it uh, the guy that played coach? Yeah, wasn't he the head coach? Yeah, Greg T. Nelson. Greg T. Nelson. Greg T. Nelson. Yeah. He was also in Poltergeist, I think, right? He was like the dad in Poltergeist. He is the dad in Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, voice that. of Incredibles. Yeah. And go, the list goes on and on. He's also the coach for Blades of Glory. When yeah. He's the was, figure skating coach. Which has Michael Michaels coach, right? Uh, okay. Uh, question number two. Have you ever lied to a recruiter about one of your athletes? 40 time, weight, <laughs> height, academics. Embellish have you ever, a little have bit. You ever, with, yeah, yes. maybe, maybe not lied, but have you ever maybe, maybe beefed up a, a, a player's weight in the program? No, I, I feel like all the kids' weights are like beefed up. Even from like when I was in high school, it's like I think they said I was like six one, like two thirty. Exactly. Like I've never well, seen that. That's kind of what I'm getting at. My coach, I I don't remember him asking me this, but I can remember being like five ten, two twenty. Am I supposed to wait till you guys answer? Uh, uh, yeah, it says yes or no. It's an easy one. We'll I would I would say, I would say you've probably been relatively. I mean. I'd say you've probably been relatively honest in your um, assessments to college guys calling you about players. But at this day and age, I feel like it's hard to even disguise or hide anything with, like, the amount of video on kids and, you know, everything else. I mean... Not only that, but, like, they get... They, can, they like, edit them and put them to music and, like, do special effects yeah. and stuff like that. I would do all of mine in, like, double speed. 
Yeah, so is that running back he's chasing. He's fast, too. Let's recruit him instead. Yeah, exactly. What, well, what, Tiger, have you ever had a situation where you maybe, like, fibbed a little to get, uh, get a little bit more notice? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think you try to put your kids out there in the best light. So I would – you know these guys aren't stupid they do this for a living and they have huddle to look at all the films so i would say yes a little bit but you know in the long run they're going to find out so you know <laughs> yeah. i try to be honest because if you have a relationship with them and you know if yeah they'll come back yeah they'll come back future, you, right? i mean if you're going to do this for 30 years you know you're going to you're going to want to go to the guy and say hey listen i got this dude who can play yeah. and and if you say that too many times and it doesn't work out they're not going to believe you so i try to be very honest but i would say yeah you you know you got kids that you want to get into schools and so you might have to you know he's the bit. he's the next jerry rice <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's the he's the next five foot six 140 pound white jerry rice it is funny though because when you cup is i guess when you have a dude that can play you know and you you want to tell them like this dude's a player and you know it's it's funny how many times they don't believe you you know they must get it all the time from coaches but i try not to do it that much but when i do have a kid who's a player and i try to tell them i can see them kind of rolling their eyes and i'm like you're missing out pal look if you, you are missing out this if, guy's a player if you don't offer this kid a scholarship you're not going to get to see him play in the arena league when he's 35, <laughs> 35 <laughs> after taking 17 years off <laughs> well I, re I mean i remember a story of you telling me tiger about you, you know a guy that you were really saying hey like this guy needs to be on your team if he went on your team right now he'd be the best yeah, db yeah, on your team yep. and just because of other circumstances that were no fault of his kids they're just like we can't we can't recruit this kid yeah it's because yeah. because of x and y and z and all this other stuff but i could see where that would be frustrating too because you know there's football players and then there's guys that have great statistics numbers. and numbers height and, weight speed throw the numbers out the window i want football players right. I, i've seen guys that are small that are unbelievable i've seen guys that are big that suck i've seen guys that can bench 300 that suck and i've seen guys that can't bench 135 that can play the game so i mean like to me i want players and you know we've had some kids that can really really play and then they, they look at me and it, they don't care <laughs> right yeah so yeah. all right number three Mike. yeah question number three what i realize you came to Kirtland for the money and the fame so i don't <laughs> i know that i know that this would be a tough one but who would have to come knocking at your door to rip you out of this Kirtland hornets football yeah uh, i mean there's been plenty of chances to go but until my kids all graduate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here. I'm, you know, Jakey is the youngest, and the, he wants to play Roonies, with his buddies. The Roonies come to Kirtland, knock on your door. <laughs> Art Rooney the second. Mike Tomlin comes up on his cane and says, "I'm stepping down." <laughs> Art Rooney says, "Tiger, I know your name's associated with the Bengals, but we want you to come to Pittsburgh. We want you to coach the Pittsburgh Steelers." That's unrealistic. So we don't have to go there. That's not happening. <laughs> Maybe in the old a hundred years ago, when they'd take a high school coach and put him, you know, put him, yeah. Paul Brown went from like Maslin to the Cleveland Browns, but not even, yeah. Not I mean, even some more. of these guys, though, these young NFL coaches, like, I mean, Brandon Staley was at John Carroll like six years ago. Yeah, which we were like, talking yeah, about that's, too. that's awesome. That's for him. And that's it's funny now that like he just hired Arth to be his assistant. and He was Arth's assistant, you know. So that's just as soon as the word gets out from this podcast that you went to John Carroll, you're probably going to be <laughs> offered a GM I am a John job. Carroll alum. Yeah, <laughs> a GM job somewhere. Yeah. How do you like Las Vegas? Uh, okay. Question number four: Best sports movie of all time, in your opinion? Sports themed. Well, I think we already kind of covered all the right moves. It's got to be like high yeah, up. It's got to be up there. But maybe, maybe there was some slow parts in that. Like when my <laughs> when when I sent my young coach, we told him he was not allowed to come to another practice until he watched it. He went and watched it and came the next day and was like, "It wasn't that great." <laughs> if you watch it, like it really, it's not, it's that, not that great. I mean, I. <laughs> I think I think during its time. It was yes. awesome, but then like but you know, nowadays it doesn't it doesn't continue to. Here's, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> let's change the question. It's tough to make a realistic football movie because like Fast Times at Richmond High when like Forrest Whitaker is like destroying people on the football field. None of those guys have played it down on football in their life. 
Uh, all the right moves. Those kids, you know, I don't know how many of those kids played football. Rudy's tough to watch. The quarterback doesn't even throws yeah. like a girl. I mean, you know? How awesome was the wrestling in Vision <laughs> Quest? <laughs> so, like, what do you what do you think is like a decent football movie? Well, I'm not, I'm going to go off football for a second just to, to, because it's kind of funny. Like, we drove to Yellowstone and back with my family in a car with the, one of those videotapes, and we only took four movies, and one of them was... You found a car that played VHS? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had one of those drop-down movies yeah. for my kids, and we drove 20 hours to Yellowstone, 20 hours back, and we watched a Miracle on Ice about 10 times. Oh, it's a great movie. That it's is a, great, a great movie. And so, like, to me, like, it's not a football movie, but what a great sports movie. And because it was only one of only four, we had to watch it 10 times. <laughs> we it, know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but that scene yeah. in that, like, when Herb Brooks gives those guys that pep talk before, like, the match against, I mean, like, I can yeah. watch it 100 times. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, every time it still gets me. It's like, yeah. Man, like yeah. I can feel the. We watched the it. We now. watched it through Indiana, and then again through Iowa, and then again <laughs> through Colorado, and it was great every single time. <laughs> it doesn't get old. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that, that that is a great one. Hoosiers, like you mentioned before, Hoosiers was amazing. Hoosiers gets me choked up every time. I mean, uh, when Jimmy hit Chitwood hits that shot at the end of the movie, I mean, that that's a fantastic one. Remember the Titans is one of my favorites. That's a great one. And I I always try and remind myself. And people that I that I talk to, I don't care how hot you think Ryan Gosling was or is, he was a total liability at cornerback. <laughs> and remember the Titans. Yeah. I mean, his hips—he could not open his no, hips. No, he could to kill him. No, he could. Yeah, Sunshine was tough though. I mean, he got that dude. That dude made the movie. Remember the movie Blue Chips with Shaq. Yeah, oh, I do remember Blue Chips, yeah. the program. Remember the, the program? program? Another great realistic football movie. Yeah. Any given Sunday. What was the football movie, The Last Boy Scout, Last where Boy like Scout. somebody shoots got out, running down the field? What play is that called, Coach? <laughs> it's we, the pistol. They ran it out. The, the pistol. pistol. That's a good one. That's good. That's the formation. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll take Miracle as the final answer there, and uh, I, I think that's accurate. Uh, question number five. What's Eeyore's deal? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Is think this, this Quinn a- yours? <laughs> is this what you're going with? The guy that went to Texas? <laughs> no, Eeyore. Uh, let's let's just assume your name was Tigger instead of Tiger. Oh, that's where you're going. <laughs> I thought that guy that went to Ohio no, State never I, played. I told, I told Michael like this. This question is just going to hit flat. Like it's going to suck. It did. But he stuck with it. It did. Well, that Quinn Orr's dude took one point one million to come to Ohio State, and then he's now he's in Texas. Oh my! He's never played a down, and he's no. made great, a couple great million. Mullet, though. He's got a great mullet, fantastic yeah. mullet. But who knows what'll happen with that mullet? Yeah, we'll see. Well, that that <laughs> ends on a sound. <laughs> <note>. a <little laughs> bit. I thought it was a good question, Mike. But it was a great uh, it was a great uh, podcast in general. So thanks for coming, Tiger. It's been a it's been a blast. Thanks yeah, we for, appreciate you coming yeah, out. Thanks for having me. You got a busy day and you got a million things going on. So I'm glad you could squeeze us in here. And uh, I think hopefully you had a good time. We had a great time having you. And uh, I think the listeners will enjoy it, all six of them. And uh, <laughs> it'll be good. Uh, Tony, our marketing um, assistant to the executive senior vice president of uh, marketing, uh, made a prediction that this will be our most heavily downloaded podcast. When we we'll shoot it out on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Tiger. If you do want to listen to it or like let people know, it'll be on Spotify. Just on Cutting Weight, um, all the all of our podcasts are on there. So feel free to pass the word, and uh, we're glad you could make it out today and sit and chit chat with us on this snowy uh, February pre Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Yeah. <laughs>